dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad how fitting of my opening this week's episode is a tale of two black males and i'll get into more detail and some of you will find it very controversial here next on the jb's low-tech podcast in a world that's racing a mile a minute a split second distraction can change everything i'm mike bryant from bradshaw and bryant every day we see too many people heads buried in their phones unaware of the dangers they're in texting and driving isn't just reckless it's playing russian roulette with your life and the lives of others in just four seconds of distraction you've driven the length of a football field is there any text message that's worth your life that's worth the lives of others I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now. Stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. And we're back. That was a little Jody Watley, Don't You Want Me? And this can be said about the two black men that I'm about to talk about. They're both coaches, or were, in Power 5 football. And when they got hired, you could ask the question, I guess, do you, because they were not first choices in a way. And they could ask the question, do you want me? And they had to go through a lot more than their white counterparts do to get Power 5 jobs because ADs, fan bases, presidents are more comfortable with who they're comfortable with, who they hang out with, who they've uh, grown up with. That's just the way things are in America. Well, let me give you... Some background without mentioning either name, and then I'll mention their name and 
kind of give you a synopsis of what's the fallout after, well, not even after this season, after three games into a season. One, the first coach, Coach One, got a big extension, had a tough season, no bowl game, after having a wonderful season and a um, big-time bowl game and a win, and people were questioning, even after that, his big-time extension, his $90 million extension, is he worth it? Now, those questions aren't asked about a certain coach down at Texas A&M, who's basically doing, was doing the same way, but I, di- uh, I digress. <laughs> coach 2 won his conference and played in the Celebration Bowl. He lost, which is the kind of the unofficial national championship of H- HCBU football. Coach 2, season ending, trying to get over the smell of having some of his players arrested for a fight in a tunnel where they jumped an opposing player. Now, it was 10 on 1. If you remember the video, it was an ugly, ugly, ugly scene. Coach 2 gets a new job in the Power 5. And this is after being turned or told no at least five to six times before. And a desperate AD at a desperate school with a desperate president said, what do we got to lose? Because he doesn't win. We were going to get fired anyway. Back to Coach One. Lots of grief for not living up to his new contract. People wanted to fire him already into the first year of his contract. Two seasons after bringing them basically almost to the college football playoffs and knocking off their arch rival in the conference. Coach two sets the new town that he lives in and coach four on fire. More season ticket sales than ever before. Fan base electrified. Even a certain TV network, the one with the four letters, televised his spring football game. It was the only one that that network televised. Remember that, because that'll come in later. Coach One slapped with a Title IX harassment suit. You probably guess who I'm talking about by now, but I'm not, still not going to mention his name. Got into an inappropriate uh, relationship, or non-relationship in her words, with a uh, vendor that he chose to come in to talk about, guess what? That's right, sexual harassment. How are you that dumb? You don't try to hit on the, the person that you bring in for sexual harassment. Education for your uh, players. You made her a quasi-employee by hiring her. You just And then when they deposed you or interviewed you, you talked about an inappropriate phone call. Oh, well. <laughs> Let's get back to Coach 2. Coach 2 
wins his first three games of the 2023 football season. Sets the college football world on fire. Certain net, four-letter network and a certain three-letter network are losing their mind. They're both televising his games back and back and back and back and back and can't get enough of them. Their midweek TV programming is all about Coach 2. Coach Back to Coach 1. Coach 1 is suspended without pay and the investigation moves further. Back to Coach 2. He loses game four, gets his butt kicked, even admits to getting his butt kicked, but states, you better get me now because this ain't happening in the future. Back to Coach One. Coach One was fired today, September 27, 2022, with cause, meaning the school plans on firing him and not paying him a dime more because they think they have the cause which he almost basically admitted to, um, even though he claims the relationship was mutual, even though the, the woman claims it was not mutual, they still believe that they can fire him with cause. And just a side note, how the story got out about Coach One. Now, some people think it might have been broke by the victim contacting USA Today, uh, not. USA Today got tipped off, but it wasn't by the victim, as she claims. Makes you wonder who tipped them off. Hmm, could have been said school that wanted to set this in motion to fire him to save $70 million. That's right, seven zero million dollars if they get away with firing him with cause. Some people are under that belief that they may have slided or slipped a little information to the said reporter at USA Today. The victim, all she did was verify the information. Coach 2 remains classy in defeat, admits to getting his butt kicked, Um, had nothing but high praise for the coach that beat him on Saturday and the team that beat him, and, and said his players needed to try hard, work more, look at more film, lift more weights, and do better recruiting. In other words, it's all on him and his team. He ain't blaming nobody. He ain't mad at nobody. All he stated beyond that was, you better get me now because you won't in the future. And so far, he's Basically, from his work down in his HCBU school, pretty much proved that. So, here's the thing. Yes, by now you know I'm talking about Mel Tucker as Coach 1. And Coach 2 is Deion Sanders, or Coach Prime. Here are the things that they're both dealing with. Jealousy. Well, you say... Who would be jealous of a man who's about to lose $70 million and has a sexual harassment suit pending and um, may not be able to work in his given uh, profession ever again? Oh, ye of low faith. Tons of people were. 
People were jealous that he got that job. People were jealous that he got that big-time contract. And you would hear the rumors and the way people talked about him. And you can just tell they were jealous or they just believed that he lacked the faculties to have the job in the first place. Well, some of those same things are being said about Coach 2 or Coach Prime or Coach Deion Sanders at Colorado. Even though he's 3-1 and one right now going into the USC game this week, um, like I said, had nothing but success at, uh, was it Jackson State? at ACBU level. But there were a ton of jealousy of why is he the only spring game on ESPN? Why is he getting a big-time contract? Why are kids wanting to beat down his door that transfer? <laughs> there we go. He, he is out-recruiting most of those coaches. Those kids are either changing their mind of, of schools they can't verbally commit it to or leaving after a year to transfer to be a part of what they see is exciting, fun, different. You know, going to – everybody wants their game, home game to be an event, but does everybody have Little Wayne, The Rock, and his mother show up and other rappers and other athletes who went to other colleges show up. Uh, the defensive tackle, Hall of Fame tackle, Warren Sapp, has already <laughs> agreed to join his staff next year. And all this does is put more heat on those other coaches to out-recruit him. Whereas he can walk in that young man's house and promise to do what he already does, which is love his players, respect his players, teach his players, and take care of his players. The kids at his school, and they have proven it, maybe not this past week against Oregon, have run through a brick wall for him. And all he's done is shown his appreciation and his love. And other coaches hate it. They're jealous of it. They want no, they're envious of it. And they want him to fail because they know if they don't, they won't be able to beat him on the recruiting uh, fields out there to get more and more top talent. The man got four stars and five stars to decide to go to Jackson State and HCB, uh, HCBU. And now he's in the Power Five where he's, he's got more money coming. He's got NIL dollars coming. He's got everything coming. And they're just afraid. So they're going to try to dig up dirt on him. Of course they are. Well, they do it to each other anyway. But more and more they're going to. They're going to create videos bad-mouthing him. And they're going to just be negative, 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 where he's been nothing but positive, positive, positive. And they have to be negative because he's kicking their tail with recruiting. 
the bottom line, the lifeblood uh, life of college athletics is recruiting. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Or as they say down south, be recruiting. Getting that young talent to show up and to show out and play for your school. That's what that's all about. Nothing more, nothing less. NIL is about recruiting. Transfer portal, recruiting. Uniforms, recruiting. It's all about recruiting. Getting that eight, 17 and 18-year-old to say, yeah, I'll come play for you. I'll come to your school. Getting more and more on TV. You don't think Colorado, the University of Colorado is happy with all the TV exposure it's getting? Because that also leads to more, even though they're a smaller school in uh, the Pac-12 right now and going to jo- be joining the Big 12, their enrollment or applications are going to go through the roof because other students who aren't athletes are going to want to be a part of that scene. Maybe I can go there and meet The Rock or Lil Wayne or Michael Irvin or Warren Sapp or this person or that person. It is the tale of two black men. Unfortunately, one really screwed up, and he's paying for it. He's just, like I said, basically kicked away or sexual phone called away $70 million. And the other, the sky's the limit as long as he keeps his nose clean and doesn't give people that one piece of ammunition to derail his program and his career. Well, let's talk about rumors. I wish I had the song Rumors. I do have it somewhere, but uh, that's where I should have led with this. But Notre Dame, whose TV contract is up in 2025, is starting to try to negotiate a new deal with NBC. Notre Dame has no conference affiliation per se there is people call it Olympic sports and that's misleading because down south they call basketball an Olympic sports where us up here in the north we call that a revenue sport so Olympic sports revenue non-revenue whatever you want to call it all of Notre Dame's minor sports are in the ACC Football is still independent, and they get to set up their own contract. And I think I explained this a couple of weeks ago where they have a sweetheart of a deal. They have their minor sports in a conference, and it's okay for travel and all these other things, which I I will still contend that this talk of travel is way overblown. But anyway, so you... uh, so you have that in place. Your one minor sport that doesn't fit, you moved, which is Notre Dame hockey, you moved into the Big Ten Conference just to kind of test the waters to see how they would treat one of your teams. 
just in case you need to make that decision to move in a conference. But Notre Dame football still is independent, and they play five ACC teams, and then they play you know one of the military schools or two of the military schools, and then they they play USC, and they play. Um, I'm forgetting the other school that they play like that every year. And then they'll play maybe a big-time Midwest school like they played last week, Ohio State. Their schedule is independency. Well, here's the rumor to keep track of. There couldn't be more and more scuttlebutt, but it's starting to break now. That three-letter network that they have a contract with, NBC has fallen in love with the Big Ten. They are getting numbers that they never had before for college football. <laughs> they're getting numbers they're not getting for Sunday night football. Excuse me, I had to get a sip of water. Um, they're getting numbers, you know, 10 million viewers, 8 million viewers. For football games at night on NBC, college football on NBC, and their advertisers are happier than a pig in slop. And they want to figure out a way, how do we increase this? Well, there's only one way to increase it. And the rumor is they may not negotiate in good faith with Notre Dame and this, this renewal of a TV contract, and you say, well, they can run to ESPN. ESPN is putting itself out of the market of that because of the SEC deal, because of the um, – they're going to sign a, supposedly sign a new deal with the NBA, the money they pay in the NFL, the NHL, um, that idiot kicker, Pat, whatever his name is, I can't even remember his last name, his TV show is rumored to be in the tens of, upper tens of millions of dollars for a eight to $10 million contract. And then they're going to get in, back into pro wrestling, supposedly. So the money isn't going to be there for them. Well, then you say CBS. Well, the money isn't there for CBS either. Plus, the Fox, CBS, NBC triumvirate are not going to step on each other's toes because CBS is enjoying some of the biggest numbers that they've had in years, and this is with them having the SEC for God knows for how many years. So where's what or where's this leading poor old Notre Dame to? You got it. They and I all, always thought this was going to happen. Not saying it's happened. Not saying it's imminent. But just it's a rumor. Keep your eye on it. Remember where you heard it first. Notre Dame is getting the squeeze put on it by that network to join the Big Ten. Now, if that happens, 
They would get a big slice like all the Big Ten schools are getting and more. That, you know, you, you're talking, they're already talking about somewhere between 75 and, and $100 million per school in the Big Ten. If Notre Dame was somehow forced or decided to join the conference, you would probably be talking 100 to $130 million a year for each team in the conference. Holy bejesus. Big-time money. That's what Notre Dame wants. They don't want to give up its national. But look at it. You know, if they move into conference, USC would be a conference rival. They could always play a military school so they can go out east. And... You know, they can still add two more games to have that national flavor if they wanted. Because for the first time this year, they played a uh, what we used to call a Division II school. Or Division I AA. They like to have their branches touching all over the country. Well, NBC is seeing this and saying, we like to see you in the co- this conference to make us more money because the advertisers, as I said, are happier than pigs in slop right now with the ratings they're getting. And it's only going to get better for the Big Ten when USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington join the conference next year. And you're going to have better games to choose for – uh, Saturday night football on NBC. And Fox is going to be happy because big noon kickoff is going to have better games. And CBS 2.30 midday Saturday is going to be happy because they're going to have better games to showcase. All boats rises because the level of cash. <laughs> There's a guy I listen to, podcast I listen to, he always says, wads of cash. <laughs> um, the wads of cash that these schools will be getting will even increase. There's a school I know of that can't fundraise to save its life that's going to be okay because of these TV deals. And that's how it's going to be for most of these schools. They're going to be just fine even with even if they lose, say if they lose the money they did fundraise, to, that money went to NIL to pay players. They would still be fine because they would be getting wads of cash to take care of their department. The next rumor. A couple of weeks ago, the ACC added Stanford and Cal. To their ranks starting next next year. And, you know, there were four holdouts, but the rest voted yes, and people were wondering why they did that. Well, it seems like more and more that there might be a jailbreak of the Magnificent Seven, they're called. Now, I'm not going to remember all of them, but the big names are Miami, Florida State, Clemson, uh, UNC, 
or North Carolina and Virginia. And there's two other schools, well, North Carolina State and uh, a couple other schools who are thinking about just dissolving the conference, doing a jailbreak, and just saying we're done. Because they see that the money that the other conferences are getting and they got this contract that they were dumb enough to sign, ESPN is just laughing its butt off until 2036. They can't, they literally can't break it unless they dissolve the conference. And that's the rumor that it's going around that, that they're just going to throw their hands up, throw money to the remaining schools and get out because they want to get to either the SEC or the Big Ten and get more money. So they started with Stanford and Cal. So the ACC would be left with what at that point? UConn? Memphis? Maybe still in West Virginia, back to that area? Um, A school in Florida? Because you already got a school in Texas coming next year, SMU. And there was one other school, and I can't remember who it was. But they're already starting to plan a contingency plan if the Magnificent Seven skips on them and, and, and busts out, do a bum rush, and say, we're the hell out because we know that we can land somewhere. So those are my... You can say hot takes or big rumors or whatever you want to call them. I'm just telling you, this whole realignment thing isn't over. It isn't done. In the words of, sort of the words of the legend Herb Brooks, USA hockey coach, 1980. I actually met the man several times. But anyway, I digress again. It's not over. Normally, this is off-season talk, but it just seems that it can't even wait to the off-season. Well, here's the next uh, thing to talk about. The attack of the old men this weekend. Two old men got attacked for what they said on television. It used to be football coaches would say, I don't read the newspaper and I don't watch TV which was a bold-faced lie because anytime I talked to a coach, they always knew what was being said about them and their team. So don't buy that crap. They always know. Either they read it, their sports information person reads it and tells them, or their wives or their assistant coaches or their kids. Somebody tells them. Well, this happened this week, past weekend. Old Lou Holtz decided to go negative on Ohio State, a team he coached at, a team that was his dream job. That crap about Notre Dame was his dream job was crap. The school he ultimately wanted to coach was Ohio State. He was an assistant under Witty Hayes. He grew up in Ohio. He wanted to be the head coach there. 
when he was here at Minnesota, in his contract, there was a clause that stated that if he got us to a bowl game, which he did in his third year, that he could leave. Now, somehow a local sports writer, and I'll just, I won't mention his name, I'll just say rest in peace, spun it for people to believe that the contract said Notre Dame. So we didn't look bad. Well, we looked bad either way. He was hoping that he would land in Ohio State, but he took Notre Dame as a second, you know, second choice. Why not? He figured he, you know, he was Catholic. I don't believe the crap he always tell that he used to sing to Minnesota. He tried to change the Minnesota fight song, by the way. He always sung the Notre Dame fight song in uh, grade school. This is also the man that tried to put the letters ND on the side of the Notre Dame Golden Dome helmet. And Father Joyce at the time wagged his finger and said, no. And that's why the NDs rest on the shoulders of the Notre Dame jersey. I just gave you a little history. So Lou Holtz, and I have nothing but disgust for the man. And it's not because he left the University of Minnesota. I've never blamed a coach for leaving one school to go to another. It's how I saw him treat two mentors of mine, Dick Matson and Jim Marshall, how he treated them to try to get them to quit so he could hire people that he could boss around. Also, this is a man who coached at, what, four or five different schools, and every time he left the school, including the University of Minnesota, including Notre Dame, including South Carolina, including Arkansas, and including Williams and Mary, went on probation. He got out of town right before the NC2A showed up. And I almost got interviewed for the, uh, uh, the investigation here. I won't go any further. Some of you know the situation, guy named Luther Darville. But I, again, for the third time, <laughs> I digress. Maybe that will be my new thing. I digress. I saw what he did to those two men, how he treated them. But they outlasted them because those were two stubborn SOBs. And I always will love them. And always appreciate them. Jim Marshall at the age of 95 is still with us. Dick Matson, we lost four or five years ago. But he couldn't break them. But this crap about there was a clause in his contract for Notre Dame was just bullshit. I'm just going to say it. It just stated that he could go if he took us to a bowl game. Because we, we were the... Illing, Paul Gill, and the downtown brotherhood were just ailing to have a bowl game played by this by the University of Minnesota. Boy, did I really digress? Did <laughs> I really digress? But anyway, he went on TV. Lou Holtz went on TV this weekend and attacked Ohio State. Basically called him soft. Or he called him soft. This is where he got attacked. Ohio State pulls it out, wins the game. On-field interview after the win. <laughs> Ryan Day. 
goes ballistic and says, where's Lou Holtz? I wish I knew where Lou Holtz was. What is he going to do? Shake the poor man to death? Because <laughs> if he punched him, he'd kill him. But he verbally went after Lou Holtz. Second old man to get attacked this past weekend was Lee Corso. Lou Holtz is 86. Lee Corso is 88. You know, he's the guy that puts on the mascot helmets on college game day. And, you know, unfortunately, he the rest of the show, he basically doesn't know where he's at. But he, Coach Corso, just made the comment about Oregon State, Washington State, which is the Pac-2, the two schools that get left behind for next year from the Pac-12, the no-one-wants-us bowl when it came to his turn to pick between the two schools. <clears throat> the, I believe, Washington State coach, because they won, in his post-game comments, went after Coach Corso because either he misheard or somebody in his group misheard the no-one-wants-us bowl and said, thought he said, no one watches us bowl. And he went on a tirade against Coach Corso and basically attacked him verbally and said what their TV numbers were. <laughs> Coaches aren't supposed to give a crap about, t- I guess they do now because everything, they care about everything now because it's either written in their contract or they hope to write it in their contract. You know, players' grades, players' graduation rates, players staying out of trouble, which is supposed to be at least what you're supposed to be doing in the first place. You know, ticket sales, TV ratings, all those things are written into their contracts. Well, this coach at Washington State went after Coach Coach Corso big time, and attacked him verbally, and that's why I called that segment the attack of the old men. Leave those old men alone, you 40-something-year-old punks. And I can say that because I'm 61. Just win with grace and move on. The penultimate topic, for those who don't know what that means, second-to-last topic of this show, CFP, the college football playoff, the college, uh, and the uh, college conference commissioners met yesterday in a meeting today to figure out what they're going to do. They had it all set. It was going to be the top six conference winners, which was going to give some of the uh, group of five a chance to, they would have an uh, automatic spot. And then there would be six other places. Now, since the Pac-2, which used to be the Pac-12, has basically dissolved, excuse me, have basically dissolved, now some of the more powerful conferences, I wonder who we're talking about, want to change it to only the top five would get an automatic bid 
to the playoffs with seven um with uh seven qualifiers depending on the rankings now the power five would still have a chance i mean not the power five the group of five would still have a chance and you wonder who i'm talking about last year would have been Tulane. the year before that it would have been um there was one year cincinnati got in but there was a different school that past year and the year before that would have been uh uh, Charleston there's always a school that's not in the power five that would have qualified under the six six maybe not under the, the five seven and there's even rumblings they want to do it the four eight in the five seven and four eight there would be less automatic qualifiers and more uh open bids and all that means would, would be more teams for the Big Ten and especially the ACC in their diluted dreams as their <clears throat> football is becoming more and more like everybody else's football because guess what? NIL and Transfer Portal is leveling out the playing field. It's causing parity amongst college football. Again, I digress. But anyway, they don't want to stick with the 6-6. Now, the only thing that's going to save, probably save it is the only way that you can change it for the 2024 and 2025 playoffs is it has to be a unanimous decision. You have one commissioner in the group of five who says, nope. They're still stuck with the six plus six. And it's odd that they're in Big Ten country trying to decide this. But I guess we'll find out either later today or later in the week how this will go for the 2004-2005 playoffs, which is causing all this other chaos like the Pac-12 dissolving and the Big 12 getting bigger after losing Oklahoma and Texas and the ACC trying to either break apart or get stronger or do whatever it, the heck it's trying to do. It's it's the ACC feels like the fourth best conference. Now they always were the third best. Now they feel like the fourth best because the big 12 have made the acquisitions that they made for this year and next year. <laughs> it just, it just gets better and better and better. The craziness, just the chaos. Accept the chaos, people, because that's all it's going to be in college sports. Well, I've hit the fit, uh, 45-minute mark. It's time for me to take a break, and then I'll come back and shut this <laughs> silly thing down. Here next on the JB's Low Tech Podcast.
wait a minute. Was that text you sent so important you missed your turn? So important you just ran a red light? Is that next text so important that you won't see the ball roll into the street and the child chasing it? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please remember that having your eyes off the road for as little as four seconds equals 100 yards. That's the length of an entire football field. And when your eyes are off the road that long, anything can happen. If you need to text, please pull off the road. Texting and driving isn't worth it. It's against the law, and it may cause serious injury to you or others, or even death. That's more important than anything you'll text. Please don't text and drive. I hope you're never hurt in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Working harder, going farther, with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. And we're back to put a bow on this episode. Well, I guess my final statement or my final uh, beef for the day will be about the school I attended, the University of Minnesota. It's a sad day when you come to a realization that uh, the school has changed its colors from the royal regal colors of maroon and gold, the colors of kings and queens to the common colors of black and white, and also changed its mascot from the ferocious little, you know, one-foot-high, burrowing uh, menace that fought hard in the, in the dirt and created havoc amongst the land to some type of water animal, whatever, I guess. Until next week, please, please, please hit the like button. Please tell a friend, and please continue to listen to this this nonsense. As I said, with the song I just played by New Edition, if it isn't love, why do I keep doing this? Until next time, thank you, and good night. Here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB. It's my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django, J. B. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. J. B. Our great Negro sex machine.